Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 62 for Wednesday, July 18th, 2018. How you doing, onesies? How are you guys doing this week? Did you have a good week? Did you miss me? Well, I'm back, right in your ears, kind of a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, in a a sense, even though it's seven-something at night, and uh, there's urgency to get this podcast done, sorry getting my water bottle here just realized that i got nothing to whet the whistle with uh this episode so um yeah we're gonna be talking about uh you know uh i saw a movie actually i've seen a, a couple of little things uh, that i'll probably be talking about this week um i did some training of course at the gym with my trainer um in the works of planning a trip to los angeles i'll tell you guys more about that i watched uh Jim Jeffries Netflix special. Uh, you know, I bought a new weight loss system and, uh, you know, I went to blues fest, a bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about. So, uh, why not, uh, why not just dive right in? Right. I don't know why I, I never get hiccups or like little burps, but the second I start recording this podcast, I get little hiccups and stuff like that. As I'm talking, I don't know if it's because I'm talking quick. I don't know if it's because I'm hunched over for the microphone. That could be part of it. Um, who knows in either way, I just, I've noticed that every time I start doing the podcast, I start chatting, I'll get these hiccup, little hiccup burps and things like that. I just, I hope you guys don't hear it, but if you hear the little hesitations, oh, and look, here comes the awning too. What a world. Um, <laughs> I, uh, last Tuesday, as soon as I was done the podcast, cause I did it much earlier than I normally do. Um, I went to go, uh, to the Foo Fighters concert with my friends, Peter and Stuart, uh, we went very, very early. They were on at eight o'clock at night. So, um, it's, I mean, I may as well start by, uh, by explaining for anyone who's not from the Ottawa area or hasn't been from the Ottawa area. Um, there's a big uh, concert in the nation's capital called blues fest. Um, I don't know if way, way, way back in the day, it was just blues bands, but for years I have listened to comedians who've come to do blues fest, talk about how you know, oh, it's going to be this big, you know, blues things like what you, like Bill Burr talked in his podcast one time, but he thinking he was coming to perform for a bunch of like Canadian bikers. And he's like, you know, how hard are those guys going to be? And, uh, you know, the whole time going like, it's not, it's not bikers or whatever. It's, it's not even like blues anymore. You know, just Dave Grawl, uh, at the Foo Fighters had mentioned that, you know, this is blues, but I mean, uh, we came with rock and roll. It's like, there's hip hop artists at blues fest now. Like it's really, it's just a, it's just a rock fest, but still called blues fest has very little to do with blues. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. So blues fest is a, just a big music festival with lots of big names. The biggest, uh, in my opinion, this year was of course the Foo Fighters. And, uh, that was, uh, it was a great show. I'll paint the picture for you a little bit. We got there very early. The gates didn't open until five. And, uh, we got there at about four, Just went through this big ass long lineup of, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting as you got to go through metal detectors and everything like that. It's just outside. It's a big outside, you know, music fest. And, um, you know, as most are, boy, I'm real, I'm real swift this early on of the show this week, aren't I? Really, uh, just really just <laughs> painting a picture with my words. We just stood in lineups like you, like you do. All right. We stood in lineups waiting for our turn to go through the metal detectors. We, we went through and then here's the system. We, we got there early cause we wanted to be near the front and I, I can say I could give two shits, but my friends wanted to be right up front. So 
they said that was the time we got to get there. So we figured, okay, we're here nice and early. We're going to get a nice spot up front. Well, once we got through, and, and it took a quite a while to get to that point, but once we got through, they had a barricade, like a bunch of those, you know, metal, metal fences blocking, you know, blocking your way to the stage and a good, like hundred yards away from the stage. So they had the whole area, just like a big racetrack, right? Like a big track and field space between the stage and where everyone was. And they just all had security all blocking it. And then at one point they're just like, okay, everyone stay still. And they started moving the gates and they go, all right, go. And then it was just a mad dash for the stage. And by mad dash, I mean, for those who, you know, uh, went into the mad dash, I just fucking walked to the stage. I didn't give a shit. My buddy Peter started to started to run after a couple seconds as you saw how many people were running for the stage, but it sort of sucked because it was like, there was people in, you know, motorized wheelchairs and stuff who were behind this barricade too. And then they just released and all right, all right, everybody go ahead. And everyone just ran for the front of the, the stage. And it was, uh, I, I just thought it was super unfair because I'm like, okay, so these people showed up earlier. You'd think that it's like a first come first serve kind of thing for an opportunity to get to the front. So the people who've been standing here for an hour and the people who just showed up, if they're faster at running, they get to come all the way to the front. Um, we got a pretty, we got pretty close to the front. Peter basically, you know, ran way up to the front and then we caught up with him, but, uh, and, and we got good spots, but at this point it's five o'clock foo fighters aren't on until fuck eight o'clock. So, you know, we have three hours before they even start and we're looking at the thing, you know, on the, on the, the program, it says that they go until 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, holy shit. So at this point, uh, no, we don't have no beers. Uh, I had an empty water bottle with me that I brought the same one I'm clanking around right here. Um, I had, I'm going to unscrew this so that the little carabiner doesn't clink clack every time I pick it up I can just leave it down on the desk. Sorry guys. So we get to the front We're you know, big, big crowd of people, you know, and we're waiting for, I guess the first band that comes on, I think they started at six. I could be wrong. Um, I'd of course don't have the program and, uh, is it worth my while to look it up? You know, could I multitask enough to keep telling the story while I look it up? Uh, let's do this here. So the first, the first band that was on was called Greta Van Fleet at Blues Fest. Let's see if I can find out what time that they were on. Greta Van Fleet Blues Fest, uh, July 10th. Yep. That was the day. There's number seven next to them. Does that mean that's when they started? I don't think they went on at seven. Come on, Blues Fest numbers. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm just trying to be fucking trying to see what time, whatever. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I've just wasted an extra minute of your lives trying to find out when it's on. But, uh, I, I believe that they were on at six. I'm just, the only reason I'm hesitating is I'm like, well, did they do two hours? Cause Foo Fighters were on at, you know, nine or sorry, eight o'clock. So Greta Van Fleet would have had to been off by that. But I'm like, did they do less than two hours? It did a while. Anyways, I'd never heard of Greta Van Fleet. Apparently a lot of people have. And, uh, there was, uh, they were, they were pretty good. I mean, we were so close. It was hard to hear, you know, the, the vocals and stuff over just the constant thumping of the drums, but, uh, you know, they sounded really good. They had sort of like, um, you know, a Led Zeppelin sort of sound to them. Um, overall it was, it was, it was fun, but I mean, we were, we were all jammed together for quite a while before anybody came on. So we're just standing in a crowd um, the, I, the concept of leaving to go get a beer or something like that, you know, and, and come back to your spot, not going to happen. 
So we just stood there, empty water bottle on my side, just crammed in with people and my buddies and, uh, just waited for the, waited for the, the, the Foo Fighters, the, the Greta Van Fleet band was good. Uh, no complaints. Um, but after Greta Van Fleet was over, we had this big wave of like tall ash, tall ash, tall ass douche bags, um, push through the crowd and start like, basically what they were doing is this one guy in a fucking white, you know, tank top t-shirt, basically sleeveless t-shirt, um, what he would do is he would jump, he would go up behind you. So this is what he did. Like he came up behind me and he would like be jumping up and down. The music came up right at the end of Greta Van Fleet. So what he would do is he would jump up and down against you. Like he was so excited and put his hands up. Yeah, he would jump up and down. He'd be bumping into you. So like I'd take a step to the side. And as soon as I would do that, he would jump in, jump and cut in front of me and just keep pushing through and, and, you know, do that to the next person and cut through. So as the evening went on, people would change and move. And I somehow ended up constantly right behind this guy who's tall, very, very tall. And he would keep trying to push people out of the way or whatever. And at one point when he was jumping up down line, my face, I go, look, dude, you keep cutting in front of me and whatever. That's, that is what it is. But I'm like, you have to fucking step on my feet. I'm sorry. I go, okay, we'll just, they even commented because he had like two other buddies with him who were not being as aggressive. And, uh, and he turned back to them at one point. He's like, I've been called an asshole so many times tonight. I don't even give a fuck. He goes, do you think I care that they're calling me an asshole? I'm way up at the front, you know? And so at one point he ended up, you know, somehow behind me again, as we were all sort of moving through the crowd at times, I wasn't pushing past anybody. Just people would leave, people would move, and we would fill in gaps. My two friends that I was with were taller than me too. So sometimes they ended up in front of me Then I would, you know, squeeze through them, but they were, they were holding this guy back. Everyone was trying to, at one point, not let people through. Cause there was just dickheads trying to push their way to the front. And this was happening throughout the, the, the Foo Fighters or whatever, but just random times. Foo Fighters did three hours. Um, they did a three hour set. So they started at like, I think 10 after eight, they weren't really that late at all, which is amazing. Usually you know, things like that don't start exactly on time, but, uh, they came out, they, uh, they were incredible. I mean, the, the stuff the Foo Fighters did was outstanding. And I'll get to that in a second. I'm, tr I'm basically trying to talk about the shit that I didn't like about it. Um, I I've never been a big, uh, live music fan, especially not like rock and stuff. Oh, what's that? I didn't even fucking, <laughs> Didn't put it on silent mode, but let's go ahead and do that now. Let's make sure that we can distract me as little as possible because I am very distractible. Um, yeah, so got up close. People were pushing past. There's people being dicks or whatever. And like I said, it was just, you're just watching. For me, it was like watching how people were interacting with each other because I'm not a big live music fan, uh, especially not rock or heavier stuff because I find that you just can't hear it. It's a lot of distortion. And I, I don't enjoy, I, in fact, I think that I've had, uh, really good times ruined by live music so much that, I mean, I'm just, I, it's just something that, that is synonymous with, with being frustrated and not having a good time. Like for example, um, I, I performing at absolute comedy in Toronto, um, there's a bar upstairs from absolute and that music used to start right in the middle of the show, sometimes in the late show. So the amount of times like live music would just start and start fucking up a show. Uh, the amount of times that I've been out with friends, like at a bar or something like that, and didn't realize that somewhere in the other end of the bar, there was a live band. So you're having a conversation with someone or you're having a good time and then just boom, live music starts. And again, loud, distorted, you know, 
not horrible. I'm not saying these people don't have talent or anything like that, but just now we can't have a conversation because the music's so loud. We're like yelling across the table at each other. And I'm like, this is not the vibe that I was looking for. So, um, I really don't mind things like, uh, like jazz, things like brass instrument, pianos, lounge type music, because those ones are still in such a way that you can actually hear the instruments. But I find once you start to bring drums and electric guitars into stuff, um, the level of enjoyment for me is is not as good. Anyways, I'm not trying to be a cranky old fuck. I had a great time at the Foo Fighters concert, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that I wasn't huge into the concert thing so loud, whatever. And I also didn't have to be right up at the front. I didn't really care about that. So the idea is that because we were at the front, we had so many animals just pushing past and, and hurting people and stuff like that. Like right near the end of the concert, in the last 30 minutes of the concert, security was jumping barricaders because guys were punching each other in the face. Like it was just... With all of the stuff that I've done to, again, just be a better person and be happier and calmer and not get angry. Like this is blues fest. Everyone's having a good time. And just, just seeing the animals coming out of the woodwork and punching each other and shit over, over being like four feet closer. You know what I mean? Like people moshing and like, like there was big tall guys standing in front of like, like, like. 16 year old girls that were five feet tall that didn't give a fuck. They would just step in front of them and be like, boom, now I'm in front of you. So there was just like things that were like, just so disrespectful. No, no chivalry at all. I really, that, that part really, really turned me off because I was just like, you know what? Every, we could have a good time. Like you're, you're tall. You can see from behind me. So to push in front of me for six inches, but to all, all you've done basically is made sure that I can enjoy myself. You know, and people are doing it to other people and stepping on each other and they're starting to knock each other out at the end. Animals, absolute animals. But that aside, that part of me never wanted to go back to a fucking concert again. Um, I, I saw the next day, let's put it this way, being in the, the pit with those animals. Hmm. I saw the next day how many people uh, were posting you know, videos and images and stuff like that from the Foo Fighters concert. And they were all way, way further back than I was. So, you know, looking at the videos, they're like, they're basically taking pictures, like the small, small image of what the Jumbotron looked like. Whereas I've got Dave Grohl, you know, him on stage, uh, right up, you know, maybe five, five, six rows of people back from the front of the stage in the middle. So I was, uh, I mean, I, I guess I really did have a better, better view and better experience and it was worth it. I didn't have to pee for like seven hours, which is great. I didn't get so thirsty. I needed a drink for seven hours. So, um, sore as fuck afterwards. No question about it. My feet were so sore afterwards. I was wearing sandals. Cause I was like, yeah, outdoors, we're going to we're gonna have fun. But, um, they came out on time. They played for three hours straight. Uh, it was really cool because. Uh, everybody knows if you're a Foo Fighters fan that Dave is pretty much the, the big deal of the band. He's the, the, the superstar, the, the front man. Like that's, it's almost like one of those things where this, the band in the band, pretty, pretty much everybody just knows him. You couldn't name all the other people unless you're a super fan or whatever. Right. Um, but he took a, uh, an opportunity to showcase everybody. Like everybody got a solo. So, you know, a lot of times they'll introduce the band members and they'll do a little bing on the keyboard or something or a little tiny little on the fucking bass. But he gave them all a few minutes to really fucking do their stuff or whatever. You know, the, the drummer got a crazy, like he was on, there was hydraulics. They actually lifted him up on hydraulics, uh, like the whole drum set and everything like that. And he played fucking solos up there it was insanity. They put on a fucking hell of a show, uh, for three hours, 
you know, the, the guitarists, the, 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 what do you call it? Bassist, the keyboardist or whatever, <laughs> the miscellaneous guy. Um, it, it was great. They played a lot of great songs. They tried to, I think they're saying that they played a song off of every one of their albums that they've been together for 20. They've been Foo Fighters been a band for 23 years. So it was, uh, it was particularly cool overall, honest to God. Like I had a great time. I recognized so many of the songs. There was a few I didn't know, but, um, it, it was just really, really good. And like every song went into like insane solos and stuff like that. Like just going, going, going. I couldn't like, I was just watching the drummer go and go, there's no fucking way I could last for 30 seconds doing what he's doing. And he's just doing it for fucking minutes after minutes after minutes, just drumming the shit of it. It was, it was great. It was really good. I had a great time at the concert. It was definitely the highlight of my week. And I'm looking at my notes here, hoping I don't hurt anybody's feelings, <laughs> but that was the best part of my week. You came to our wedding. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, yeah. And we had to walk for quite a while afterwards just to get out of the area and then catch an Uber home. But I, I had a great time. So, so thank you to Stuart and Peter, uh, for taking me along with them. I had a great time at uh, Foo Fighters at Blues Fest. And I'm sure that there's people that are listening who were there as well. Um, love to know what you thought of it. Or if any of you have been to, you know, concerts, live concerts before, and then you deal with those animal situations, people kept referring to the crush at, at one point. Someone's like, oh, the crush hasn't happened yet. The crush hasn't happened yet. And I think that that was between like Greta Van Fleet and, and Foo Fighters. I think it's just when like it all starts, just all the crowd crushed. I mean, I assume just based on the name that they all, uh, crush in closer to the stage and it did get way tighter at certain points, whatever, but, um, good time, good time overall. All right. Wednesday, the usual shit. First thing in the fucking morning up Ubering. Um, and then, uh, I can't remember what I did with my day. I know I did shit, but this is another week that I didn't get my notes done until later into the week. So couldn't remember what I did. And it probably wasn't good enough to talk about right now, considering we're 17 minutes in and I've talked about, a, you know, uh, one thing so far, but, um, I went to go see Jurassic world with my buddy Dave on Wednesday night. And, uh, just, I know it's later. I usually go see the stuff when it's brand new. Jurassic world's been out for a little while. Don't know if you've seen it. Don't know what you thought of it, but I, uh, I, I knew it was just going to be another fucking, uh, you know, dinosaur movie running around. People are going to get eaten and shit. Like it's really more of the same at this point. It's the fifth Jurassic park movie, you know? So like, what do you want from it at this point? Even though the last one was a reboot, um, again, no spoilers, but I found that a lot of this movie was scenes that were taking, taken directly out of like the, the last one you had, which was the park, right? Jurassic world. And it's, they're going to make the park again and they're going to open it up and they've got, you know, dinosaurs that are, they got this Adominus Rex. Ooh. So basically what they did was, you know, I, I, by now, if you haven't seen the first Jurassic world and it's on fucking Netflix, I'm, I'm talking about it. So fuck you. Um, you know, respectfully, I love you guys, but fuck you. If you're going to bitch at me for, for spoiling a movie that's, you know, you should have had access to. And if you're like, but I don't have Netflix. Well, then you don't, you're not really committed to movies, are you? You know, how can you not spend seven bucks a month for like amazing content? All right. They got the fucking star Wars, the new star Wars, the last Jedi and all that shit on there now. Okay. If you have Netflix, you, you should have seen it by now. All right. Or you can pause this and go spend two hours of your life watching a movie and then come back and listen to the rest of it. All right. You have options. You can be in control. Stop blaming me. Um, what I'm getting at is. It's the, the first one, right? It was the park. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, we made a new, a new dinosaur, the Indominus Rex. Oh, it's basically just the raptor of the first one. The first one, we got this park, we got these dinosaurs that everyone knows and doesn't give a fuck about, but we got these new ones, these raptors, right? In the first movie, the raptors were fucking insane, which is why in the subsequent fucking 
movies, they made the Raptors a big deal, right? Because everyone's like, oh, the fucking Raptors, they're the scary ones. They're fast and they're dangerous and they can walk around in buildings and stuff. Everything else is too big. You see it coming. So what do they do this new one? They take the Raptors and they make them fucking soldiers. All right. Wasn't crazy cool, but all right. I, I get that it's sort of a thing. Maybe maybe Chris Pratt can tame the Raptors the way he's tamed every woman's heart. Anyways, um, so that was the thing that they did in the first one. And then they make the Indominus Rex. They made a T-Rex that's part Raptor. That was their big, all right, guys, we got to dust off this franchise. How are we going to make it good? Well, let's put a T-Rex in a row. Let's put a Raptor in a T-Rex. Yeah. Okay. That's the movie. So this new one, how are we gonna how are we gonna come back? How are we gonna dust off this this classic now that we've rebooted it? And I, I gotta be honest, I was really underwhelmed with the first Jurassic World. I was just like, all right, just again, more of the same, right? It's supposed to be a reboot, but it's more of the same. All right. And now what are they gonna do with the fallen kingdom? Well, they're gonna do the same thing that they did in the they even call it the fallen kingdom. And the second one was called the lost world. Like it, it, they're not trying. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be on board and aware of the fact that like, they don't give a shit They're there. It's a cash grab when you're five deep. I get it. But when you reboot something, all right, you can try, you can try a little bit. So the concept of this one. All right. So if you haven't seen the lost world, I don't even think it exists anymore. That's the one with fucking, uh, they bring back, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Julianne Moore. And they're on the island researching the dinosaurs. And then they try to, to get them off. A big evil corporation comes and starts taking dinosaurs off the island to, to put in a zoo on the mainland. Right. And then what happens? It gets loose and it starts running around the earth, terrorizing or not the earth, but like San Fran or whatever. It starts terrorizing fucking people. It, it's chasing a, the T-Rex is chasing a bus and trying to knock it off the road and shit like that. You know, it's uh. It's goofy as fuck. And then what happens? The evil guy gets eaten by the little baby T-Rex at the end. Big fucking shocker. Right? And then you just go, oh, well, that was a stupid idea. And then they, then they move all the animals, put them back on the boat, and then move them back to the fucking island. Wow. So what happens in this one? Oh, there's a volcano that's going to erupt. And what do we got to do? Well, we got to get the dinosaurs off of it. I mean, dinosaurs don't exist in our world anymore. And if we don't save them, then they won't, they won't be here. So big company comes in and all the shit's in the trailer, right? So, so get off my dick if you're going to be upset about it, but the big company shows up, they start taking the dinosaurs. Then they find out they're not really trying to protect them. They're trying to showcase them and sell them. Yay. Just like the other one. So all the people who were suckered into going there for humanitarian reasons or whatever are, are now, you know, we're, we're suckered into helping the evil guys and now they got to undo the damage. So same as before. Same shit happens. And what, what do they do this time? What's the new one they introduced? The fucking, the Raptor 2.0, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's a, it's smarter than a Raptor, but it's, you know, it's the, uh, it was fucking stupid. Uh, again, uh, entertaining, you know, watch dinosaurs eat people and stuff. Fine. I, that's going to be that. But in terms of dust and shit off, like there were so many parts of the movies, guys, where you're just watching and going, this is exactly what they did in the lost world. It's just, they redid the first one with, you know, so I think that they're going <laughs> to, if you ever, if you even spent the time watching the third one where Grant's blowing through bones, trying to talk Raptor. Oh God, that was stupid. How it ended. The Raptors come because they stole Raptor eggs. And then he blows through the fucking little neck bone that he's been carrying around. And he's like, 
because he hears the fucking raptors that was doing it earlier. What was the sound? What was the calling for help sound that they did before? And it was so stupid too. Like the raptor starts making noise and he just goes, he's calling for help. How do you know? How do you know he's not just bitching going, fuck, you stuck me behind a door. (laughs) That's, that's the lazy writing and stuff. You know, when people are trying to solve a murder or something like that and they walk into a room and they just, there's pictures and and fucking newspaper articles and strings and fucking human lampshade skins and stuff like that. And uh, someone just walks in the room and they look around and they go, oh my God, he knew exactly where they were going to be exactly at every single time. And he's making a move towards this place. And he's, it's like they figured it out because they looked around the room. And it's like, well, you got to fucking decipher all this stuff. It's going to take time. You know, just one thing happens. It's just lazy writing where you go, they walk into a room and have a bunch of shit everywhere. And they go, oh my God, he's headed towards blah, 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 blah. The pattern. Look, he did this over here. And then they run across the room and grab one little thing off of fucking the wall and go, oh yeah, that's the piece that stood out to you. Anyways, my point is, I mean, it's my fault. I shouldn't keep buying tickets if I'm going to be like, what do you, yeah, you're angry because of the fucking, because <laughs> they're just writing the same thing over and over. Anyways, whatever. They got my money. They'll get it again next time. But for what it's worth, they had to wait a little bit longer for it this time because I was too busy watching Deadpool and the other stuff. Um, it was funny too because I, I think uh, Jason and uh, Noreen were going to go see Deadpool 2 a few weeks back. And I had already seen it. And I told them like, it's not good, guys. You should go see something else. And they went to go, they said uh, they went to go see Jurassic World instead. And um, I was hoping that Jurassic World was not worse than Deadpool because then I'd be like, no, I talked them out of seeing, you know, one movie for one that was even worse, but luckily I have to say that, uh, the fallen kingdom much, much, much better than, um, Deadpool two. Deadpool two sucks nuts. And if you disagree with me, come at me, you know how to write, you guys fucking know how to write in contact the one man podcast.com. Come give me shit. I loves it when he gives me shit. Um, so yeah, um, nothing fancy really. I mean, on Thursday, regular shit, right? Get up Uber. Um, I did an LCBO tasting in the evening. That was whatever, uh, I think it was for, um, crown Royal bourbon mash. So they're, they're going after the old, uh, Jack Daniels market. Cause I think Jack Daniels tried to make a rye. So they shot, uh, shots fired in the old, uh, bourbon camp, tried to step over into the, the territory of rye. So the rye makers, Canadian, uh, sorry, crown Royal were like, Oh, you want to, you want to try to make a rye? How about we try to make a bourbon mash? Huh? And, uh, and war has waged ever since. So, uh, crown was in a bourbon mash. I actually like the taste. I've got a bottle here that I bought. Um, it's like, a basically like a less sweet version of Jack Daniels. Not to say the Jack Daniels is super sweet, but it's uh, it's less sweet. Um, so I did that. And then I went with my trainer. We, uh, we went to a late session around eight 30, went out to do some training. I did, uh, I did rowing and we'll get into it too much, but because I've got a big stomach, uh, the rowing machines don't exactly work for me. Like the whole idea is that you're, you're pushing with your feet and your legs go up into your stomach. Well, my stomach sticks way out. So for me, for me to do rowing on the rowing machines, when I come back in my, my legs push my stomach. I mean, I can't even describe it. It's squishing something that can't be folded. You know what I mean? It's like trying to fold a fucking, a folding chair, but you stuff four pillows on it first. It's just not going to close. You know what I mean? And, uh, the more I was mashing my legs into my stomach, the more I felt like I was going to throw up. I was basically like, I don't want to say kneading. I was kneeing my stomach and it just, it was just like, boom, my thighs just crushing into my stomach. So I felt sick. So what I was doing basically, it didn't take more than a couple times 
to do that, to go, all right. So what I did was I was basically splitting my legs to the side. Like I was doing a, like a yoga pose with my feet touching together, my hips spread apart. And then my stomach would go into that space. But now I'm doing a rowing motion with my legs split out to the sides, the, not the way they're supposed to be. Right. So you're just going to cause harm. I starting to feel stress in my ankles and in my, in my hips, because now I was basically pushing and stuff like that in a motion that that machine wasn't designed for. So that was the cardio I did. I didn't love that. So till I, uh, lose some more poundage, some of those ones, uh, don't quite work. It's the same with the sitting bicycle cardio machines. Just again, as my legs come up, they're coming up into my stomach and it's just bleh, make you feel like you're going to barf. So uh, we did, uh, we did some kettlebell stuff. We did, uh, I did some sled pushes. I got my heart rate up to 175 beats per minute doing the sled races. So naturally after I did them, I was like, yeah, we're going to need more than 60 seconds after this one's I did some, uh, some pectoral flies with some free rates. Um, yeah, I, I was, it was good. It was a good fucking workout. I had a good time. Um, it fucking hurt afterwards. And, and for the last few days, my chest has been, uh, you know, my pecs and my, my shoulders have been nice and tight and sore, but again, it's always a good feeling, right? When you know you're working out and, and that pain is coming from, from that. So we did that, um, on Friday, you know, I, uh, had an opportunity to, again, with my buddy, Dave, who I don't see very often, we had breakfast at our old, uh, stomping grounds of Reynolds. My buddy, Greg owns that. So it was cool to see the staff there see Dave go have breakfast at an old place. I liked another tasting, right? Who gives a shit Friday tasting. Um, and then after that, I went to my buddy Mika's place and, uh, we were going to play some, uh, some board games there as I do. And, uh, yeah, we had, uh, him, his lovely wife, Mel. Um, we had, uh, had some wine, played some goofy games. It was just a good night. You know, again, don't have to go into it in too much detail. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what we played, I brought over, uh, Takedo, we played a couple couple games at the Kaido. We played uh, a game of Splendor, and then I taught Mika uh, Seven Wonders Duel, and uh, and that was a that was a wrap. It was a fun little night. It was like it was late by the time Mika and I finished our couple games because I didn't get there till like eight thirty p.m. Right, so it was it was late. We had uh, I brought a couple uh, Mott's Clamato Caesars, so I had that. I had those, and then I had these like red striped Jamaican beers. Hmm which somebody had told me were like spicy, but, uh, sorry, I got like a, I've been shaving, shaving my, my face with a razor. I used to do it with like a electric one, but I've been doing it with my, the same razor I've been shaving my head with. And I got some, uh, some like razor burn, razor bumps, whatever the hell you call them. And, uh, it's just sort of scratching at it while I'm chatting with you guys here. And they bleed sometimes. Disgusting. But, uh, sorry, I just need something to wipe the blood off my fingers. Gross, Josh. Why would you tell us? Well, because I'm sure you heard my, my face, my, my voice get a little different as my face leans up and away from the microphone. Um, yeah. Anyways, I, I brought the, the Clamatos. Um, I, I tried these, these red stripe beers. And the reason I, I got these, if you guys are familiar with them, they're like little stubby bottles. They're, they're Jamaican imported beer. And someone had told me that they were like, oh, they're like spicier, sort of like sweet, spicy ginger. So I'm thinking like something along the lines of like Dr. Pepper or whatever. Um, so I got a six pack of those and brought them over to, to Mika's place. So it wasn't until after I'd had my other stuff, I started drinking these. And by then after, you know, half a bottle of wine and a few Caesars, I wasn't tasting. I also didn't have dinner, right? While I'm doing this eating right thing, 
Uh, I decided I wasn't going to eat dinner because I'm like, uh, you know, if I'm going to drink my calories and I'm going to drink my calories, I'm not gonna take food and, and booze. So I got drunk much faster. And, uh, and by then I couldn't really even taste these Jamaican beers. So I'm like, ah, then maybe, maybe there's like a sweet spiciness that I'm not tasting because of the wine. And, you know, we had some fruit on the table. So I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not tasting because of that. So I, I didn't really feel like I gave them a fair shake. Um, spent the night there, got up, had breakfast, with my buddy, and, uh, and then I fucked off home. So, um, I remember I was like nursing, nursing a mild hangover that day. Cause I think we went to sleep at like four o'clock in the morning and then, uh, <laughs> and then I woke up at like eight with like, uh, like a shimmering throbbing, like I, I say shimmering. Cause it was like, that's what it was. It was like a, like a light and black switching back and forth flashing in my eyes. Like I, I was drunk and I did not get enough sleep. Um, though I did the dope, though the dog and the cat both slept with me that night, which was awesome. It is the most cuddle contact i've had in months so it's nice to sleep next to something that just wants your affection um i don't even care how gay that sounds gay lame pathetic pansy-esque i loved having something to snuggle with while i was sleeping it was outstanding so i did my uh i came home i slept uh and then uh, my buddy mikey came over mikey podcast listener and uh and mike and i chatted about um about a trip that we were you know that we, that we, you know, passed around the idea of doing, but, uh, you know, we were like, all right, well, let's do this. So, um, Mike had not long ago gotten back from a trip to Los Angeles where, uh, Mike's a comedian as well, had an opportunity to get on some really great stages, have some really great experiences. And I don't really want to get into them right now because I, I kind of like to have Mike on the podcast and he can talk about sort of the whole, the whole experience that he had while he was in LA and, and, you know, be a little bonus episode for you guys, some extra content. But Mike had told me a bunch of stories and was saying that he was planning on going back in the fall and we were chatting and I said, well, Hey, you know, if you want some company for the trip, um, and he said, yeah, that'd be cool. So Mike and I were like, all right, well, let's, let's plan this thing out. So on Saturday he came over, we did a little bit of planning, some ideas of where we, when we'd like to go and some budgeting and some stuff like that. So, um, as it stands right now, we are looking at, uh, at doing a trip to Los Angeles for a week in October. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you guys more information as, as it comes up, but, uh, I'm hoping that this trip too will be like a, a little jump start for, for me in terms of getting back into comedy, getting excited because there's, you know, there's absolute superstars there all the time on these, these comedy stages, you know, it's not like doing an open mic and then once a year you'll see someone who's kind of, Oh my God, he's kind of a big name. This is like every night. These are where the pros are coming to work on their new stuff. It's going to be like the, uh, how Stella got her groove back for me and my comedy, you know, hopefully I'm not hitching everything to it, but it would be good to be going out on every night and trying to get on stage and, you know, doing, doing stuff in front of some of these names too, like really, you know, bringing your a game and stuff like that. So, um, I'm really excited for it and I, I can't wait to, you know, tell you guys more as it, as it goes up, but it's looking like right now we're, we're planning it for the, uh, for October, but I will, I will tell you more as I get it. And then of course, Saturday afternoon, yet another LCBO tasting, nothing to report fancy at all for that one. Um, on Sunday, because as soon as Mikey and I were talking about that, I sort of realized that like one of the things that I might have to, you know, uh, tighten up because of, uh, you know, for saving for this trip is, um, I think that in terms of my trainer, um, I might have to, uh, postpone the training for a little while, still going to the gym, still eating right, everything like that. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not giving up on stuff, but, but 
My comedy, as I've mentioned time and again, has taken a back seat as of late. And while I'm focused on my health and everything like that, I want to do something for comedy too. So I can still keep eating good. Um, I can still go to the gym. Uh, but one of the things I saw, it's been fucking attacking me every time I'm on social media, any social media. Um, and I finally just watched the little fucking pitch and everything like that. So I, I bought a, uh, a weight loss system called V shred and I was only 50 bucks. So again, what I'm paying for, you know, every session with my trainer, I'm like, I buy this and it's like a 90 day program. So it'll carry me right through, uh, until October. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've been, I've been watching some of stuff. I have to sit down and actually watch stuff. It's been a very busy weekend. It has, it actually has been a very, very, very busy weekend. Um, Sunday after I bought this system, I didn't even get a chance to look at it. We just started downloading. It's not a, uh, it's not like a DVD system or anything like that. It's actually just, there's tons and tons of stuff on the web. All of the videos are there. All of the resources are there. Things that you can build meal plans and everything like that. So it's all, it was just, as soon as you get it, it's available to you. There's even a, a private Facebook group that you can join where they have their, their people answering questions. So as much as it seems like something that's, you know, the standard issue, like, Hey, buy our program, whatever. Um, it, uh, so far it actually seems pretty good and I'm looking forward to implementing it. Um, one of the things they have is like a 90 day meal plan that you, you basically all right on the web, you can design your own meal plan. So it tells, tells you like, here's a bunch of different things for breakfast and then you pick and choose which ones you want and you fill them into your meal plan. So it auto populates everything for you. So you can just go onto this and look at what your meal is, what your snack's going to be. But, uh, what I'm doing right now is I've been trying to clear out my, um, existing surplus of food. So like all my canned soups and all my, you know, frozen stuff and whatnot, like I'm, I'm trying to use that up. And then once I get finished with that, I'll start buying, I'll, I'll start implementing this meal plan. So I might be a couple weeks or, you know, a few weeks before I start doing this system that I bought. Um, but whatever it, it's there. And in the meantime, while I'm doing it, I can research it and I can see what the process is and, uh, and get ready for it. But I'm just, I'm really not big on waste and, uh, I don't want to throw in everything I have so that I can start, you know, buying new stuff and, and all that for these, these meal plans. So I'm going to, I'm going to prep for it and use up what I got in the meantime. Uh, last few times I've gone out, right. Cause again, it was Sunday. So took, uh, took my mom out to run errands, but the last time, a couple times we went out, I didn't buy any, uh, any new stuff shy of just really small pieces of produce or whatever that I needed. But you know, not filling the, not filling the cabinets up with stuff for a rainy day kind of thing. Like I used to. So, um, and we had a, we had a fun day too. Cause my mom is, uh, she's a big fan of, uh, of one of the board games now too. We've played it with her several times and she was just saying, you know, that no one in her house would play it with her. So, you know, before we went and did our grocery shopping, would it be okay to go somewhere and play? And I said, uh, absolutely. So we went out and went out and played, uh, you know, a round of seven wonders duel at a Starbucks. And it was great. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, you know, and again, to those of you who aren't into board games and stuff, I probably just sound like a big nerd and it sounds super lame, but, um, it's nice. I'm, I, like I've said before, I like the social aspect of the, the board game stuff and it makes me feel good to know that I'm making my mom feel good. <laughs> Being a good son. So yesterday, um, I, uh, I, I Ubered as always it was a good productive morning. Um, and then I came back and was starting to get things ready for the podcast. Cause today was supposed to be a busier day than it ended up being. Um, 
So I'm like, I better get a lot of stuff ready for the podcast. But when I came back, started getting ready for the podcast, I, I saw, I got a notification saying that there was like a new Jim Jeffries special. And uh, I really like Jim Jeffries. He's an Australian guy and he, he has very dirty crude material at times, but he also has a lot of really good uh, social commentary and political commentary bits. Um, he has stuff on gun controls, whatever. He's got a special on Netflix that uh, two of them actually, well, three now, he has one called Bear. B-A-R-E. He has one called Freedom, F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. And, uh, and I can't remember the name of the new one, but if you, you know, if you, you search Jim Jeffries, you're going to find that it's brand new. He's filmed it in the, the UK. And, uh, it's so funny. I just thinking of a bit he does. I, I would strongly recommend, uh, Jim Jeffries up. There's so many stand-up comedy specials on Netflix and so many of them are shit guys, but I promise you, if you're not familiar with Jim Jeffries and you want something, if you want something intelligent and hysterical, cause he bounces from back and forth. Obviously the, the, the filthy stuff is a lot funnier, but the commentary stuff while funny is really, really interesting. You know what I mean? So uh, it reminds me a lot of George Carlin and that that sense only George Carlin used to go like silly, goofy fart humor. And then the social commentary, you know, just silly and funny. Um, but whereas Jim Jeffries would go like, you know, the gross, the dark stuff, you know, which is still funny, you know, like more pornographic, filthy kind of stuff. Uh, and then goes back to the other stuff. And it's almost like, I don't even know if he's just trying to keep the audience roped in, but I, I don't know. I, I love his stuff. I absolutely love his stuff. And I, I sat in the massage chair and I watched his entire special yesterday. Um, so I highly recommend the Jim Jeffrey special that I cannot do. So here we're going to do. I'm going to make you wait again while I whip out my phone and I find the name of that fucking special. Uh, it is called Jim Jeffrey's. This is me now. Yeah, that's what it's called. This is me now. So, uh, recommend that recommend bear recommend free dumb, uh, both of them good. And then I, uh, you know, got some other shit done and blah, 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 blah. And then I went to host the prove your comic competition at absolute comedy. And again, nine comics, uh, running my mouth in between them, had a good time. Um, it was a great evening. I had an opportunity to hang out with a uh, comic, Karen McDonald, a uh, good friend of mine after the show herself and my lovely roommate, Simon, we went over to the heart and crown after they shut down. Absolute. And we're just shooting the shit, having drinks, whatever we're talking about, you know, men and women and how we're never going to get along. <laughs> and, uh, it was just a fun night. I was up late though. We were up really, really late. Um, we kind of got, there's a huge thunderstorm that just came out of nowhere, like light thunder and lightning and blowing signs down the street, like insanity for like 20 minutes. But we got sort of locked into the, the heart and crown while all this craziness was going on outside and didn't get home until late. So I completely missed, um, I completely missed, um, Ubering this morning because I, I got up late. Um, we actually had a, the last few of those Jamaican beers that I had last night because we came back to the house here afterwards, uh, and just had a drink, um, you know, prior to, to Karen leaving and then Simon and myself going to bed and, uh, you know, together, cause we're a couple of homos. No, uh, <laughs> for just, we turned in on this side, but I, I actually got to try those. That's why I brought up the Jamaican beer thing earlier. I actually got to try them on their own, you know, with no, with no concern that, Oh God, this is, you know, I've diluted its taste. Uh, they're not spicy. They're not sweet. They're not anything. They just taste like regular, basic, boring ass beer. Um, so I don't know how they've lasted this long. Cause they're an import, you know, they're not like an import, like Corona where you're like, oh, I see sort of what they're going for here. Nope. Just a gross tasting fucking plain ass beer. So that was annoying. Anyways, I, I, I completely missed doing Uber today. 
And I was supposed to be, I got a, an email last night while I was at Absolute Comedy saying that I was supposed to be a background actor for um, a movie today. And uh, I was like, okay, but it was like 11 o'clock. I went to bed super late. I was super tired. And I was like, I don't even know. I just messaged him and said, I, I can't make it today. I'm sorry. It's, you're going to have lots of extra people and I apologize. And it was funny too, because it also conflicted with an audition that I had today for the same casting company. Um, at like one ten, So I'm like, well, the audition is, is an audition. I might not get the, the gig, but you know, at least it's only going to be for 20 minutes. And then I get the, my day back. I go, plus I got to record the podcast. I got to, you know, do my, my training with my trainer tonight. Um, all sorts of shit jumble up in the air. And since then I've got all sorts of other stuff too. Like I got, uh, all, all I can say is I received uh, more work for tomorrow. So more gigs through yet a different marketing company than what I do normally. Um, I've moved my training session from my trainer from tonight to tomorrow. So the day you guys are listening to this, I'll be, I'll be doing the training. Um, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of fucks up. Oh, and I went to the audition today and it turned out that it wasn't even supposed to be today. It was supposed to be tomorrow and they sent us the wrong email. So all, all a bunch of us were there, showed up waiting for these auditions to start and, uh, and they sent the wrong email. So like, okay, just come back tomorrow. And luckily I can, but it's kind of fucked up. Like with all the things I fit into my week, it's like, all right, so I'll just show up. Then you guys can fuck up the emails, whatever. Not trying to complain. Just saying, I'm sure you guys can understand it's frustrating. Um, so, you know, I did my podcast prep today. I went to a fake audition. Um, and I, there's um, another person reached out to me who deals with a lot of social media for companies and stuff like that and said that uh, there's a place called Sen's House in the market. Not quite sure what it is. Um, for, I guess, the Ottawa Senators, it's a big spot for them. But they're going to be doing uh, some sort of trivia, fun stuff. Um, Mondays coming up uh, for like, you know, eight to 10 weeks and they want me to be the host for those evenings. So the pay is actually pretty good. I'm going to be meeting with the owners next week to get their thumbs up, thumbs down, whether or not they want me, you know, that's, that's my life. As I show up, I audition, I go, oh, what about the, what about me? You want me? No. Okay. No hard feelings. I go into my car and I cry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, there's, that's, that's what, uh, that's what the entertainment industry, it's a lot of, uh, you want me? No. Okay. You know, Okay. It's like putting yourself out like on Tinder only instead of going, you're not there when people are like, nah, I don't want you. Right. You're actually, they're just, they're, they're just swiping no to your face. Going, nah. I'm like, okay. I'm going to go fuck myself then. So I don't know. I, uh, I'm interested in that. And then I, of course, so once I got a bunch of shit done today and, and was reading my books and picking the articles and everything like that, I did uh, some more, some more food prep. So again, using up what I got, lots of new veggies, everything like that. Um, I picked up some stuff from Home Depot today to help with some stretches and stuff like that, that my trainer showed me while I'm at home. So yeah, I mean, uh, all in all a good week, lots of stuff going on. I hope that was interesting. 46 minutes into the show. Um, I, I will be having to, to cancel my trainer. As I mentioned, um, it's, it's disappointing. He's a great dude. And, and when I come back, I'm, I'm totally cool to pick up where we left off, but, uh, like I said, I, I, the most I want you guys to know is just, I'm not, I'm not stopping it. I just, this, this is a move for comedy. Comedy needs to, to, to take some, some precedence too. And I think that this trip is going to do, uh, do good for that. I also heard from, uh, from Mikey that there's a place called Freeform Fitness in Ottawa and they, they may be outside of Ottawa as well, but, uh, they have like a package where it's like 80 bucks, 80 or 90 bucks. And you get eight sessions with a personal trainer. So 
if I could put some, you know, if I, the, the saving goes well, I could always do that and put that into practice too. just get a few more sessions in with a trainer to learn some better form. But in the meantime, I'm trying to, to learn really all I want from my trainer is I want to learn the form. I get the idea of reps and stuff. There's the, the internet is out there, right? So the amount of time it takes me to earn the 50 bucks to pay my trainer, I could spend that watching videos and trying to learn proper form, right? You can Google just about anything nowadays. Plus I have shitloads of books on like form and training and muscle conditioning and even using, you know, even body resistance training. So blah, blah, blah. We're going to keep it going. Good guys. Uh, the maps for this week, right? My minor annoyances and pleasant surprises. I do have to say a uh, big shout out to my friend, Jody. Jody V. Uh, she tagged me in Facebook and it was a big list of like common complaints and stuff like that. People have of things, things like cords getting stuck places or frilling. It was a ton of different, uh, but 13 or 14 different examples. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for tagging me in that. I'm not going to read them all out to you guys, but it was just very cool. Obviously listening to the podcast and, uh, and seeing those tiny things. So my minor annoyance for this week is, uh, finding an employee in home Depot. Again, doesn't ruin your day, but it is one of the hardest places to find a fucking employee. And I'll, be, I'll tell you what, this is the one time I went today. I thought about it, but I, I kind of knew where I was going. So I just walked right up to customer service and go, what, what aisle is the PVC piping in? So I knew, knew what I needed and I just went to a desk and I asked for the aisle number. They told me right away it was perfect. And here's the thing. When I walked down the, the, the right aisle, there was four, I swear to God, four different employees and they were all helping people different groups of people. So that's fine. I didn't need them. I knew what I was getting, but I'm like, yeah, of course. Now the time that I don't need somebody, of course they're plentiful and they're doing their fucking job. But I swear to God, like how many times do you go to walk down an aisle at Home Depot to ask a question? They're just looking for someone and you turn the corner and you see them down at the other end and you're like, oh, and you start approaching them and you see them look up, they see you and they just turn around and walk down away from the aisle. And you're like, what the, they, they go around a corner and you're like, oh fuck, you got to run down the other end of the aisle and they're gone. Like some fucking horror movie. <gasps> little girl, little girl, are you lost? run down at her. She, she walks away, you know, turns down an alley and, you know, you, you just turn on down the alley behind her and she's no one there. And there's a big fence blocking it. There's no, nowhere she could have possibly gone. She just disappeared. I think Home Depot employees teach ghosts how to be, how to be better at fucking haunting and disappearing and shit. Fucking assholes. Anyways, minor annoyance this week, finding an employee at Home Depot and the pleasant surprises. Here's another one. Not necessarily happened this week, but, uh, it is always a pleasant surprise when you're, you know, a a starving artist, as you may say, though, I, I don't think I'm starving, um, is, uh, when you wake up and you find, uh, some, you know, a mild direct deposit in your account, maybe something was refunded or you get a small little tax credit or, you know, for my cases, there's lots of different places that I work from that are always doing direct deposits. So, you know, when you think you're broke, you wake up and, uh, you know, you just notice, Oh, there's some money in my account that I wasn't expecting. Well, what a pleasant surprise. So those are my, uh, that's my maps for the week. And, uh, as always, you know, I'm just look, just look at my notes here. I've got, a, I've got, so I've got these four sections that I don't always go into. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, again, the chatting points with you guys, but I have this one called what I'm working on, you know, just in case I haven't already got to it. And, uh, I would say, you know, eating right and exercise what I'm watching. I have been watching, uh, arrested development. So when I'm wolfing down my food or whatever, I'll throw it on my, my phone and just watch it at the table. But I think that's a really funny show. I haven't gotten to the new stuff since they came back. I'm still watching the old stuff. I was really late to the party on, on arrested development, but, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that little piece of trivia that, uh, the Russo brothers, I may have said it already. The ones who directed the captain America movies and, uh, infinity war, 
are uh, they were they were directors and stuff for uh, for Arrested Development. So how about that shit? And I started watching I Tanya the other night, the the, the movie about uh, Tanya Harding with uh, what's her face Margot Robbie playing Tanya Harding, um, and there was it was very humorous. You know, I think they almost did like a comedy rather than more like a biopic. It's, it's very, very humorous, very rednecky. Um, but I did fall asleep like 20 minutes in. So um, it was late at night when I put it on. But uh, I'm definitely going to give that a try. It was funny. It was, I enjoyed what I saw enough to want to watch it again. Um, I've also been watching that fucking fat bitch bacon or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, nailed it. The one where, where that fucking obnoxious woman. A lot of people are like, oh, I love her. She's so great energy. She is... May, and may, you know what? Maybe there is something charming about her. I, I don't really see it, but I just, she squawks and she's so fucking annoying, but I do, I, I do like watching that show. I don't know why it's a good show to fall asleep to. So yeah, that's, uh, that's her this week, guys, as always contact the one man podcast.com. If you want to tell me what's going on with you, I I'd love to read it. You know that, um, in terms of sponsors, who do we have first? We have the ever popular portablepress.com my partners at uncle john's bathroom readers and this week i picked an article from their uh uncle john's bathroom reader beertopia and after drinking those dis those really disappointing especially the amount of people that were buying them i really thought it was gonna be something special like when bud light lime first came out people were buying that all the time and i was like i gotta try this and it was actually really pleasant you go oh fuck i i could i could taste that it's a corona it's basically a corona cheaper than a corona right and the lime's already in it you know, I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a nice drink. You can drink these for a while and the calorie, not too many goddamn calories. Well, I thought maybe that these, these beers that I saw at Nora, it was funny too. Cause when I went to the biggest house, he's like, oh yeah, these are like one of the oldest stubby beers. I've seen these forever. And I go, really? Well, I, I don't know why they got popular all of a sudden, but, uh, anywho. So the article I picked this week is called beers that went flat. So these are all beers that no longer, you know, are in, uh, in print, right. Or in production. So the first one's called nude beer. The most brilliant ideas are often the simplest and the golden beverage company's late lamented nude beer is a perfect example of that principle in action. The eighties era brew came bottled with a label picturing a lovely swimsuited lass whose minimal attire was made out of the same flaky metal stuff that covers scratch off lottery tickets and would therefore vanish completely when rubbed off with a coin or fingernail. It was interactive, it required physical exercise, and it encouraged the appreciation of beauty. Unfortunately, it also ran afoul of many local decency laws, making it difficult to distribute or effectively market in many areas. Harley-Davidson Beer it's arguably a little unfair to include this brew here, given that it was only produced in limited quantities as part of the Daytona Week Motorcycle Festival. But whether or not it was international Harley-Davidson's beer's failure to take the nation by storm seems like a missed opportunity. A macho response to the beer culture of the time in which light or light, L-I-T-E, beers were taking off and Bud Light was using Pitbull Spud McKenzie as a mascot. This was especially true of the beer's 1987 and 1988 editions, which came in cans emblazoned heavy beer. Uh, Hop and Gator beer. Taste is entirely subjective, and one man's swill is almost always bound to be another man's refreshing pleasure. That said, Hop and Gator beer sounds so disgusting that it's hard to believe it was ever actually a thing. The brainchild of Gatorade inventor Dr. Robert Cade, this justifiably short-lived beverage blended Cade's popular lemon-lime sports drink with beer. 
essentially a Gatorade shandy. It was only bottled for a few years from 1969 through 1972. Years later, the Iron City Brewing Company tried bottling their own version, a citrus malt liquor, before being sued into submission by Gatorade. Uh, Miller Clear. The clear drink fad of the early 90s is chiefly remembered for spawning the persistent beverages, sorry, beverage punchlines and marketplace flops Zima and Crystal Pepsi. But if test market drinkers had just been a little more enthusiastic, we might have been treated to something even sillier. Miller Clear, a 4.6% ABV brew that Independent described as looking like 7-Up and tasting like a sweetened seltzer with the faintest touch of oily medicinal hoppiness. Miller execs steadfastly denied that they were trying to hop on the transparent beverage trend, insisting it was simply the accidental result of some distillery tinkering that produced what the ad campaign somewhat perplexingly promised was good beer drinking beer. Clearly, sales told a different story. Like Crystal Pepsi, clear beer didn't make it past 1994. I liked Crystal Pepsi. Uh, Miller Chill. This Mexican-style beer offered a hint of lime and a pinch of salt to produce great light beer from America and the Chilada style from Mexico. Alas, despite being exhorted to taste the thrill and later wooed with a rejiggered recipe that contained half as many carbs, consumers gave Miller Chill the cold shoulder in 2013. And finally, Tequiza, or Tequiza, however you want to say it. Uh, one of the more high-concept experiments ever to tumble out of the Anheuser-Busch shoot, Tequiza was billed as beer with blue agave nectar and a natural flavor of imported tequila and lime. This description was just misleading enough to lure wacky product enthusiasts into purchasing a random six-pack in the mistaken belief that they'd be drinking tequila-laced beer. It was really just slightly citrusy pale lager like Corona, but with lime already in it. But that was enough to keep it lingering in stores from 1998 to 2009, at which point it was phased out in favor of the considerably more male-friendly Bud Light Lime. And that, my friends, is Beers That Fell Flat from my partners at PortablePress.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Meter, and this Beertopia book all about beer and drinking. I've read you guys' articles from that one before. There's all sorts of fun stuff in there, right? Always an opportunity to learn something, to have fun. Check out their entire lineup, as uh, as I mentioned, damn near every fucking week. They got all sorts of great books, guys, and if you're into something, they've probably got it there. Um, and who else? Oh, yes, as I was mentioning, I was doing the Absolute Comedy Prove You're a Comic Competition the last week. Uh, well, it's actually happening, you know, as you listen and as I speak, uh, they're, uh, they're doing the preliminary, uh, part in Toronto this evening. And of course in Ottawa, they're already moved on to the audience votes, but, uh, Monday, Wednesday, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Ottawa, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Toronto. Uh, there's this week and then next week is the last week prior to the finals. So, um, if you're in either city and you're looking for something fun, you're looking to be a part of, you know, people's dreams coming true and seeing some people really strutting their best stuff, uh, check out absolutecomedy.ca and, uh, and the prove your comic competition. And that's me hitting the wrong fucking button. <laughs> I saw the green and it made me think that. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't edit my mistakes. I wear them proudly uh, in the form of red cheeks from embarrassment. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup.
Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now, you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on, and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. And we're back. Just one from the next. And uh, and who have I not talked about yet, huh? Who have I? Who is my forgotten but favorite child? My partner's at DK, Norlin Kindersley. Guys, I started reading a book today. I didn't even get, I didn't even, well, I, I read quite a bit of it, but I'm not finished. I'm far from finished, but I am already thoroughly in love with this book. This has got to be, uh, I mean, as much as I, you know, go bananas for all their stuff, this book is so fucking cool. Um, it's called the story of food <laughs> and I'm just laughing. Cause you're like, Oh, of course you like it, Josh. Oh no, this is not a cookbook. Okay. This isn't a cookbook. This isn't a fucking, uh, you know, recipe or, or just like, Hey, did you know about foods from like, Oh no, no, no. This is, this book is like a, it's like a history book. It's like, uh, an encyclopedia, uh, you know, and I haven't even really started talking about it yet. Um, this, this book is all about how, how as human beings, we have found food and used food and, um, the, the, the nutritional benefits of it. And like, I, I can't even begin to describe to you guys how awesome this, this book is, I mean, I, I didn't even get very far into it. And I was like, I, I have to finish this book. Like as soon as the podcast is over and I've got it uploaded, I'm going right back to this. I'm going to be reading it in bed with a cup of tea. It's, it's absolutely outstanding. So the book's imagery, right? As always DK beautifully, beautifully integrates imagery with it in this book. The imagery that they have is everything from paintings to sculptures and, and, uh, cave drawings of how people, um, uh, how not people, but, but, but human beings have, have transferred food to each other. Like basically like the, there's, there's stories in here of, of the first recipes, how the first recipes were like on tablets and stuff like that. Talking about how as human beings, we learned that the trees that grew 
closer to the outside of the forest were the ones that would drop more nuts because of the fact they got more sunlight, right? There was more room for them to grow and they would basically produce more. How they would basically, you know, how they would, they would cut out all the underbrush and things like that. How human beings slowly started developing tools to, to be able to, um, you know, uh, cultivate food better, how our, you know, how, once we started eating meat and different things, it made our, our, you know, it was nutrient, uh, gave nutrients to different parts of our heads. So it actually made our brains grow bigger because of the fact that we were able to get more nutrients. Um, how the religious and social connotations of food, how, uh, studies from, I believe it was Oxford, if I'm not mistaken, that showed that people who eat together are genuinely, um, more happy. So just being able to eat together makes you more happy because there's social aspects of it. And you, while eating, you share knowledge and you share advice and things like that. Um, the trends from, from right in the very beginning to, to even trying to do like aquaponic and hydroponic, uh, things now stackable gardens. Um, and, and of course it goes into the value of food. So it's not just like, Hey, here's, here's what we did to, to, you know, hunting and gathering there. It actually talks about the nutritional value too. And, uh, you know, in, in the section of meat, it tells you know, how we, how we raise meat and everything from, I, 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 I can't say enough about it. Um, I, I really mesmerized by even just, just two, three pages in the information it was giving just in the introduction. I was like, this is going to be fucking great. And I'm, I'm a reasonable way through it. I, I have not finished it, but I have to say just the old paintings and everything like that. They've got sections. I'll, I'll give you an example. So in the contents, there's a bunch of different things in each section, but the sections are as follows. They got nuts and seeds, vegetables, fruits, uh, meat fish and shellfish, grains, cereals, and pulses, dairy and eggs, sugars and syrups, oils and condiments, and herbs and spices. They were even, the sections in here were even discussing um, the different trade routes. So how food evolved as places were able to start trading different foodstuffs with each other. You know what I mean? And how that changed, how um, a lot of food had things to do with nobility and stuff like that. And, and the, you know, the first people who were writing down recipe books and stuff like I, I got, it's so fucking fascinating. And I, I, I can't wait to finish this book, but is it, and of course, as always tons and tons and tons of imagery, but this is, like I said, it's like an encyclopedia. It's like a, a history book. It's, um, very, very fascinating. It's a great reference tool to be able to go back to things too. Um, I, I don't want to go on about it forever. I, I've barely even begun to scratch the surface of what's in this book, but I hope that I've piqued your interest. I'm just going to do one last thing and just read to you the very small thing that it says on the back that maybe it, you know, maybe it just get you guys a little extra excited, but, um, it says he was a bold man who first ate an oyster. Right. Cause a lot of this stuff in here is people who were eating things for the first time. It was also talking about how our palates changed. So as we started eating things in the jungle and whatnot, um, we would, we would taste, you know, bitterness. We would, we would learn what was poison, what was not because of our senses of taste and smell would improve the more things that we added to our, our, you know, uh, diet and whatnot. So we would taste bitterness and think it was poison, you know, um, things like religious connotations where they were saying, um, you know, like they, they didn't want, they thought fruit was, was bad for you. So people were dying of like, um, scurvy because they had vitamin C deficiency. They weren't getting enough of it, but that was a religious thing. Like, 
it's uh, it's very cool. Anyways, it says from the fish that started a war to the oil known as liquid gold, discover the fascinating stories behind the origins, traditions, and uses of our everyday foods illustrated throughout with beautiful paintings, contemporary artifacts and advertisements and evocative photographs. The story of food is the ultimate feast for foodies, a global smorgasbord packed with unforgettable tales and eye opening facts. Super great book off the fucking charts how good the story of food is um i i i almost didn't ask them for that book because i was like i don't know if i the story of food i'm like i wonder what's in the holy shit is it ever a great book like i said one of my favorites that i've gotten from them so far so um if you have any interest in food or nutrition or anything like that take a look it is so so good this book um so that's my sponsors guys um i've also got a contest coming up with dk i spoke with my guy while we were waiting in line at blues fest they're doing up a graphic for me, but the first context context contest will be for the big ideas, simply explain series. So, um, I'm going to be working on with you guys, what I want, uh, what we want to do in terms of, you know, getting your submissions and stuff. So if you guys have any books from DK in your collections now, um, fucking tweet, tweet at them at DK Canada, you know, and, and put a picture of you with your, with your favorite DK books that you have now. And, uh, you know, I, I, we'd love to see that, that you guys are, are fans of their stuff too. Um, I'll, I'll figure out a little bit more structure, but I'm waiting for some of the graphics so we can start advertising this contest. But the winner of the contest will get, um, a book from the big idea, simply explain series, whichever book you want from the series. So, um, as it stands right now, I'm looking at my collection and I have at least 13 different books. So, you know, I've got the, uh, just, I'll throw it out there real quick. The astronomy book, business book, crime book economics book, history book, literature book, mythology book, philosophy book, politics book. Sorry, I'm reading them sideways. Uh, psychology book, religions book, science book, and sociology book. So they've also got a bunch of other ones um, that I don't have. They've got ones that are very specific. Like they have the, uh, the Bible book. They have the Sherlock Holmes book. They have the movie book. They have the Star Trek book. So, um, but you'll be able to pick any one of them from the series. I believe they have the classical music book coming out very soon, uh, which I'm excited for. But um, all that is to say that I, uh, I, I'm excited for this contest. And uh, if you guys are excited and, and involved in it, then we're going to have even more. But DK is, uh, is very, very happy to be a partner as I am to have them. And, uh, and they want to give you guys some free stuff for, uh, for throwing pictures of, of what you got out there and, uh, and getting involved and retweeting and shit like that. So, uh, more details in the coming weeks, but the, the contest is greenlit and currently just waiting for, uh, for a graphic that I can throw at you guys. So, uh, another reason to be following us on social media so that when you see me post that you guys can get right out there and start, uh, you know, start generating some, uh, some ballots for yourselves. Won't take long before we do the first draw. So, uh, so thank you to my partners, DK, absolute comedy, Summersby and uh, PortablePress.com. coming up this week. So as you guys are listening to this, I'm going to be doing a, a thing for Ubisoft in Walmart. Um, Basically just going around checking, uh, checking displays, nothing fun, but that's what I'm going to be doing with my Wednesday morning. I'm going to go back to the real audition and hopefully get the job for that. It's for uh, health Canada, marijuana, something or other. They haven't really given us any lines or anything like that. I'll find out more at the audition, but wouldn't that be funny to see me a non pot smoker <laughs> in a, in a, you know, Ontario health Canada, you know, commercial or something. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, the little lady's birthday, Michaela's birthday is Wednesday, right? So happy birthday to the little one. Very, very happy. I hope to be able to get a hold of her and maybe even spend some time with her in the evening. But, uh, 
I'm going to be seeing my trainer on uh, on Wednesday as well. So back to the gym. He's going to, I'm going to break up with him though. I'm going to break his heart. You know, don't mean to, but we got to do this LA thing. And then maybe when we get back together, maybe we'll get back together, you know, do a little work on myself, find some, <laughs> some happiness. Um, the rest of the week is honestly just Ubering in the morning and doing these LCBO tastings. I'm going to go to the gym with my buddy, Peter, just do some cardio, some regular weight stuff. And, uh, and next week back to the absolute comedy, prove your comic competition. You know, that's, uh, right now it's just slow and steady, build up those funds, get ready for this Los Angeles trip and, uh, you know, plug the, the contest and things like that. Guys, as always contact at one man podcast.com. If you want to send an emails, there's no emails this week. So, uh, I'd love to hear from you. You know, I would, I'd love to, to know that what I'm talking about is of interest to you guys. So, um, thank you for listening to my stories about my week. Um, you know, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, one more time. I know I sort of blew through this week as much as I've got lots of stuff on the calendar. It's nothing really exciting. You know, I'm going to drive, I'm going to hand out samples and I'm going to make, I'm going to take that fucking money to the bank. That's what I'm going to do. So, um, Portable Press, Absolute, Summers BDK, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. I hope to uh, to hear from you this week. I'm looking forward to hanging with some of my pals. And uh, I'll chat with you guys next week. Hopefully something really crazy will happen, and I'll have a big goofy story for you next week. In the meantime, take her easy. <laughs>